Mess It Up podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's Biker Chick and the Bowtie Guy. Hey guys, welcome to the Mess It Up podcast. I'm your host, the Bowtie Guy, and we are here at the very tail end of May. It'll be June um, in uh, a day, or maybe it already is June, depending on when you listen to this. But um, if you're listening to this the day that it came out, Tomorrow is June. Summer is rapidly approaching. Kids are out of school. My grandkids are are hanging out at home and sleeping in today, probably, um, and and enjoying that. So uh, welcome to uh, show number. Gosh, what I'm trying to look around my microphone here. Show number two hundred sixteen, two hundred seventeen. Wow, we're climbing into the two hundreds here. And my uh, guest this week, uh, helping me with the show, is once again uh, my lovely wife Bev. Hi, hi everybody. And uh, we have been illing. If you listened to last week's show, you knew that we had the uh, the Rona Rona. So uh, we're back, and hopefully, uh, neither of us have been coughing much or clearing our throats. So hopefully, that continues. But you know, knowing how podcasts work, uh, sometimes maybe we will just start coughing and clearing our throat just because it's podcast time. Who knows? Um, but we are here uh, with you for your uh, your show, and we thank you for being here. If you want to keep up with us, places besides the show, we are on social media so you can check us out on Facebook you can check us out on Twitter and uh, we're on Reddit look for messed up ministries our subreddit um, there and join in the conversation in those places don't forget to like us and do that kind of stuff I ask you all the time people to do it but please I was sitting there during the COVID thing checking all the stuff and, and getting nothing on social media just send me a little thing that says hey how you doing uh, you can also send me a text if you want to 760-608-1942 or you can call me at that same phone number or send an email to bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com and that will get you uh, to me. If you want to have a show that um, you think would be a good idea for a show, a suggestion or a person that we could interview, you can send those suggestions and requests along on the uh, text or email as well. We are 100% listen support listener supported which means we get all of our funding from you listeners and for as little as a dollar a month you can join us on our patreon which is uh, found at messituppodcast.com click on the become a patron button and you can join our patreon family or if you prefer you can do a text to give one-time gift or a recurring gift by texting the word mum mum's the word to 760-WALLS-CA and you can help send missionaries into the walls of the prisons in California to do the Lord's work there. It was interesting. We were sitting in church this week and uh, they were talking about uh, having the opportunity to participate in a ministry at our church called City Serve. And they had a little giving card and uh, the man was up there talking. He said, you know, the minimum gift is $18 a month. And I was thinking to myself, for as little as a dollar a month, that's, <laughs> folks, a year and a half of giving at a dollar a month is the minimum for a one-month gift with CityServe. And I'm not bashing CityServe or anything else, but I'm just saying it really is not that much for you to just give us a dollar a month. And if everybody who listened gave just one dollar a month, it would make a huge difference in our ministry getting people into the prison. So uh, I thank you for doing that. Those tax or those gifts are tax deductible. Patreon keeps a little bit that we can't give you, but we'll give you your receipts at the end of the year for your tax purposes. And we really do appreciate all of you who give to the ministry. Those who do give get their choice of uh, either of my books that are out, uh, still in beta, or piece by piece. You can choose the one that you want, and you can choose that in e-form or tree form on your Kindle, or your 
iPad or a paperback, depending on whichever you prefer to have. You also get included in our Discord chat server and you can participate in our book club. So um, lots of things out there for you to do. We've got swag for you. If you are a giver, you can get t-shirts and uh, window stickers and all kinds of good stuff like that. So check out the giving platforms and please um, prayerfully consider giving us a gift. Um, a recurring gift really makes a big difference for us. So we really appreciate that a lot. Um, Bev, have I forgotten anything? I that sounds like that's it. All right. Well, I guess what we'll do then is we'll continue with the show. On with the show. Yes. As they say. And now this. <laughs> Bev is perfect. She is so good at this show. She laughed. She had nothing to say, but she could see I had my can of yes. soda in my hand, and I was going to take a drink. And she knows when the host takes a drink, the co-host has to uh, fill the blank time, and when the co-host takes a drink. The host fills the blank time, so that was an awesome. It, it wasn't time. even a fake laugh, though. It was funny it was to me. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. let me give you all one more genuine laugh. This is this is a freebie. Uh, <laughs> what do you call a person who tells dad jokes but isn't a father? Um, I don't know. That's a faux pas. Oh, well, all right, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what? I knew the punchline, yeah. and I'm laughing genuinely yeah, too because right. it's just that good. Well, um, we are here today uh, to do a show, not just to goof off. And I was thinking about um, things that I wanted to talk about on the show. And um, this morning I wrote my blog. It's, it's Monday today as we're, as we're doing the show. It's May 30th, Monday. And so I wrote my blog, which is Minister of Mocha um, at ministerofmocha.com. You can find that every Monday morning. And I was, I was talking about my friend Mark, who has been a guitar player with me. I don't say for me, but with me for years. I think probably about 15 or more years he's been playing uh, we've been playing music together at each other's churches, and he has been an integral part of the uh, Celebrate Recovery worship team for a lot of the years that I've known him. We, we took some years off where we weren't doing Celebrate Recovery, but as soon as we started back up, Mark was one of the first phone calls I made, and um, it's just been a joy to play with him, and he, he was leaving us this week, and uh, so I, I was thinking about loss and things that happen and uh, how we look at life. And as I was going through my, my ideas for shows, this thought came up to me um, that I'd written down a while back when we were working on our, um, our 260 journey for um, the uh, reading through the Bible. And it was the uh, verse or the, the, the section on Luke chapter 7. Now, if you're not familiar with the 260 journey, it's a book that takes you through and you read one chapter of the New Testament every day, Monday through Friday, and that pretty much, there's 260 of those-ish uh, for the year, so you can apparently read the New Testament Monday through Friday in one calendar year. So as we were reading the, the section of the chapter on Luke 7, he referenced the book um, by uh, Chuck Swindoll called The Continuation of Something Great. And I'm just going to read a little bit of, of his words for that um, section. And, and he's quoting um, Chuck Swindoll from uh, uh, his book, Continuation of Something Great, which deals with uh, it's a, a, a study of Luke. And I'm reading now from the 260 journey, which we'll then be reading from Chuck Swindoll. So it's a double quote going on here. It says, Jesus is in a house with a number of religious people and a prostitute comes in and washes his hair, his feet with her hair. This is how Swindoll opens up these final verses. It's Jesus at his best. 
While families gather for dinner and close their door for the night, her workday begins. With saffron scarves and lavender veils, dangling earrings and a dab of perfume, she dresses herself for show. She survives by her looks and looks she'll get. A leer, a scowl, a wink, a sneer, all sorts of looks except one, love. She's a prostitute. How many times has her heart ached to be wanted for more than one night, to be valued instead of evaluated, to be prized instead of priced? And he goes on and on and on, but it really caught me, that phrase, to be valued instead of evaluated. And I know, Bev, we deal a lot with um, Celebrate Recovery. That's mm -hmm. our main ministry at our church, uh, Recovery Ministry, and we've been doing it for closing in on 20 years now. Mm -hmm. And one of the themes or ideas or concepts that we have uh, in Celebrate Recovery around the world is the idea of being those people. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, you know, it's often, oh, that's the ministry for those, those people. people. You know, people will say, oh, I'm not one of those people. If we ever do a, a series in a church, um, I've been in churches where we've done the Road to Recovery series or something similar to that, and people will typically come up to me and say, oh, wow, I, I really wish my, and then they fill in the blank, some mm -hmm. relation that they have, a friend, mm -hmm. a family member, something like that, that should have heard your your message today. This is really a great thing for them. And, and what we always want to say is, you know, it's for everybody. Yes. And I, I usually just say, well, thank you. Um, and, and the best way to get that person to come to the meeting is to bring them. But recovery is for everybody. I firmly believe that you're either in denial or you're in recovery. But it's so common for people to judge other people based on a limited set of data, yes. Yes. Uh, either a visual summation or something that they smell on a person. Mm -hmm. um, I remember having a conversation with our son, Brad, when he was looking for a job and I was you know, trying to encourage him to dress a little differently and, and groom himself a little differently. And he said, well, it shouldn't matter what my hair looks like. And I said, Brad, you are absolutely right. It shouldn't matter. However, it does. Mm -hmm. That's the unfortunate truth. It does matter what we look like. It does matter what we smell like because we're making an impression on somebody and that impression can be a good impression or a bad impression. And a lot of times people will run with that impression. They won't bother to gather any other evidence. They won't bother to take in any other data. They'll just make their judgment based on a small set of data. Yeah, and I think that the fact of the matter is that um, coming under the category of those people are people that we typically um, consider to be less than what we are. But but I was thinking, um, oh gosh, I almost lost my, oh, I know. I think that substantiated with the fact that you were telling a story about when we have a road recovery lesson or whatever, people will come up to you later and say, I have a blank um, cousin, aunt, sister, whatever, relative who needs to hear this. And a lot of times that's couched in the fact that they're talking about their own self. They'll, they'll talk about themselves, but they'll use a royal term for it, like the royal we or my aunt or a friend that I know, and they're really talking about themselves. Does that make sense? I understand what and you're then, saying, yeah. And then, so it makes me wonder, you know, there's shame attached with that, and I don't think the world is real comfortable um, with coming clean 
uh, with another person about who you really are. Well, there's a you know? lot of risk. And, a lot of, and there's a lot of reasons for with, that. Yeah. With, you know, coming clean. And, yeah. and that's why it's so difficult in recovery for that. One of the most uh, bold steps that people will make in their recovery journey is doing that testimony. And when you're doing your testimony, uh, generally speaking, that's a testimony in a room full of people in recovery who you're hoping will kind of understand, but it's still something that is uh, often makes a person a bit tentative and, and scared and, and a little bit worried about what will people think of me if they really knew what was going on. And I think a lot of people, myself included, can sometimes fall into the thought pattern of, well, I'm the only one who thinks this. I'm right. the only one who's done this. I'm the only one like this. Mm -hmm. uh, this makes me different, weird, mm -hmm. strange, mm -hmm. ostracized. Mm -hmm. and, and generally speaking, we don't want that. I don't want that. You know, I like to be part of a group. I like to be part of a gang. Yeah, I think too that, like for me, coming into Celebrate Recovery, it was the fear of the unknown. So I couldn't pre-know that Celebrate Recovery was going to be a safe place for me until I actually went into that and proved it to myself and saw from my very own eyes that there were people there that were safe for me to be around. So the first meeting that I walked in, I was terrified. Right. Because the world had already taught me that, you know, there is no safe place to share that kind of information. And besides that, we are our world's worst enemy. And the committee gets together in our head and we convince ourselves that we're the worst person on the planet. Mm -hmm. You know, I was texting with a friend today that I haven't seen in a really long time that's moved away. And I was just reminding her she needed a little bit of encouragement. And I, I said, just remember that you're... You're loved by God. You are one of his favorite people. And her answer back to me was, yeah, that probably is true, but I'm not feeling it right now. Mm -hmm. And so, that can be very easy yeah. uh, to feel. And, mm -hmm. um, man, I, I lost my train of thought. Too. I was going to say something, and I got so wrapped in what you were saying. <laughs> I, I forgot what I was going I'm glad say. you were paying attention. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we do struggle, though, in our ministry with that idea of being one of those people, and there's a, a, a one of the critical um, elements in this is the idea of forgiveness, mm -hmm. and there's a dramatic difference between the forgiveness of God and the forgiveness of people, and because I'm forgiven by God does not mean that the world has forgiven me for the things that I have done, or that it's going to be okay for me, and even in a church setting, yes. it's not always going to be okay. Right. If you go... And, and, you know, look in church, you're not going to see me up on the stage because my face isn't wanted right. by a lot of the people in the crowd who are, you know, Christian people, but they've got their own biases. They've made their own judgments. Yes. They've made their own evaluation of me based on my past. Uh, I, I used to have written on uh, one of my, um, I don't know if it was a book or a folder in school, but I, I had read this quote that said, people evaluate others based on what they think they're capable of we evaluate ourselves on what we think we're capable of and, yes. and that's rarely the same thing and and the only thing that people can really base their judgment of my capacity is looking at my past 
they, they, don't, they can't really look at my future. And I can look at my own plans and hopes and dreams. I can know my own motivations and know why it is that I'm doing something or why I will do something or that I will do something. Mm-hmm. But other people don't have um, access to that part of me. And so they don't have the ability to factor that into their judgment as, yes. as well as I can. Yes. I think that there is probably... Well, let me just say it about my life. I'll use me as an example. What a great idea. Yeah, right. I feel like things that I don't really want to deal with um, usually are based on what I fear. And then um, I had a way of saying this that made more sense in my head. Now i got to think of a way to, to wrap it. Um, so in order for me to be... Uh, feel safe that I'm doing the right Christ-like thing, sometimes what I'll do is I'll just sit back and use a phony excuse for why I don't want to become involved in somebody's life so that I can make a judgment on them without knowing them. Does that make sense at all? So like, let's say that um, I don't want to like you, Mm -hmm. Paul. Mm -hmm. So what I'll do is I won't get to know you I won't ask you questions. I won't get close to you at all. I won't live in your world. And I'll just stand back here where I'm comfortable and safe. And I'll just make a decision on my own about who you are, how you live, why you do what you do, um, and that you'll never change. So, you know, I've convinced myself of that story before. And then something amazing out of, you know, out of the blue what caused me to get to know that person better and all of a sudden, I find out I was completely wrong, mm-hmm. completely off base. Yeah, I and always, it's embarrassing, and, and I feel shame for yeah, that. Yeah, I always hated when we would have uh, football Sunday at our church for several years, and they would interview the players <laughs> for the Super Bowl. And you know, so often the, one of the teams in the Super Bowl was the Patriots, and I really despised the Patriots. And they would do these, you know, up close and personal testimonies from a player. I was like, look, I don't want to know something nice about a guy wearing a Patriot shirt. I just want to be able to hate them. I just want to be able to watch them lose and, and root against them. I don't want to know they're a good guy. But we're all people. You know, everybody's a person. Everybody's got things where they've messed up royally and they've got things where they've done something really good as well. And, and right. to be able to see that and to be able to have the value that Christ had for us, knowing all the stuff that he knew because Christ knows all the bad stuff. You know, mm-hmm. the people who judge me based on some of my bad stuff, they don't know all of the bad stuff. Now, they know the worst stuff, but they don't know all of the bad stuff. And if they knew more, they might hate me even more More. than Mm -hmm. they do already. And Mm -hmm. Christ knows that and more, yet still loves me enough to die for me. Yeah, but in order to do that, we've got to put ourselves on a different... We just have to see ourselves completely different yes. and not nearly as good as we think we are. Right. You know, because it's really simple for me to criticize people for their faults sure. and not really look at their strengths, but brag on myself for my strengths and forget to look at my faults. Right. And by putting that person down, it makes it so I don't have to make myself oh, yeah. better. I can I can become comparatively better by making you worse. And, yeah. And it's... it's it, it doesn't cost me as much. Why does that feed our ego, though? It's just the enemy speaking out of yeah, here. True. And, and speaking of our faults, one of the things that, that I have failed to do, I, I failed to give the word, the of, word the of the week. The word of the week. Yeah, yeah. I, I realized that halfway through as we're the going. The big like, wow. Oh, man, a big, 
big goof. And our word of the week this week is kind of a fun one. It's one that I use a lot, and it's abscond. And when I looked up, I like to look it up and get the, you know, the true definition of it. And the way I would have defined it is a little different than the way uh, it's defined uh, on dictionary.com. But on, on, on dictionary.com, it says that it's to leave hurriedly and secretly, typically to avoid detection of or arrest for an unlawful action such as theft. And I always think, you know, that person absconded with this. And I always think of it as taking it. But what it means is they've got something and now they're sneaking away. So I've been using it correctly but with the wrong definition in my own head. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really pleased with the word of the week this week. But, but uh, hopefully we haven't absconded with your trust um, because we're not sneaking away anywhere. We are, however, going to um, take a quick break for our song of the week, going from the big wow to the big so what, uh, which is the song of the week. And our song of the week this week is from Andrew Ripp, who Bev and I had the pleasure, uh, surprise pleasure, of seeing as an opening opening act a few weeks back for Mercy Me. And he did this song that's now playing on the radio uh, called Fill My Cup. So here's about 90 seconds of Andrew Ripp with Fill My Cup. Last drop every single time I hear it. I just love that song. Love me some Andrew Ripp. Wasn't real familiar with him other than the song Jericho until we saw him and then became a big fan after we saw him. So, Bev, uh, tell us your thoughts on this one. Yeah, by the way, uh, I think he's awesome. Just great. I enjoyed it. Full of energy and just positive spirit. It was beautiful. Um, Mine is going to start off right with the very beginning of the song. He says, um, been walking to a city I cannot see through the depths of the valley where the sun can't reach. I've been high, I've been low, I've been looking for the river that could fill my soul, been walking to a city I cannot see. And I, this is a simple concept, but it rings true for me, that I've walked through that valley many times. Mm-hmm. I've walked through that place that I can't see. It can be walking through the river, it can be walking through the city, it can be walking through the valley, it can be over a mountain, whatever. But I am looking for the wrong thing. And... Oftentimes what that means to me is I've got blinders on to what God wants me to see walking through this journey, but instead I see and look at others and look at my problems more than I look to God who can help me solve those problems. So 
like I, I forget to see his purpose. I forget to look at his perspective. All I want to do is focus on my problems and getting me out of that valley can be hard. And the reason why I mention all that is because it's perfect for this topic that we're talking about is looking at others, you know, and valuing them rather than evaluating them. But I don't always want God to fill my cup with his beautiful, pure love for others. Instead, I want to be able to throw in a few sarcastic remarks or ugly hatred or I just I cloud the water up with making excuses for why I should be allowed to see them with other eyes besides the eyes that God has for them, which means he's made, they're made in his image. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I was looking at uh, the, uh, the chorus that runs through and I, the, the thing that I noticed is of all the stuff he asked for, he doesn't ask for strength. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, because, you know, God is our strength. And that's a, a, a you know personal thing of mine is I never, I try not to pray for strength for myself or for other people. I try to pray that God will be the strength. But um, I also uh, highlighted here in the, the second verse has been walking over lies standing in my way. Mm. And that is so much mm. the recovery journey for, I think, everybody. There's There's lies in our way, lies that we've created. Lies that other people have made about us, lies that people have based on their perception of us, which you know gets us back to that whole valued versus evaluated thing, and just those lies do not become an obstacle for me. They 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 they're they're not something that holds me back. They don't retain me. I'm not retained or conformed by or uh, or confined by my lies or the lies about me. I'm able to to move through that. And, and not let it stop my progress, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Um, is only because of Christ. You know, it's not, it's not something of my doing. It's, it's something of God's doing that makes it so I can move through those things and, and get through the bitter times or the hard times or the difficult times into the, the joyous times. Yeah, I, I think that um, I have a personal aversion to, and, and this is, there's not a lot of people that will probably agree with me, and I'm sure that this is not a real sound uh, theological view. But when we sing songs that say things like, Lord, come, fill me up, fill this place with your wonder, you know, help me to, uh, or uh, give me more of your love, give me more of your peace, those songs are easy to sing, but it is much more different for me and much more difficult for me to say, Lord, I give you, I give you permission to take this out of me and replace it with your glory. In other words, I don't, I shouldn't, I feel like I shouldn't be praying for God to give me more of him. I think I should be praying for me to give God more of me, me get out of my way. Yeah, God's not holding back. No, he's not. And he's, the answer to that prayer is always going to be, of course I will, Bev. Of course I will fill you with more of me, but you got to clear out some space. Like I was talking about the dirty in the, the cup, you know. Uh, if that cup is emptied before I'm asking God to fill it, he will fill it and it will run over. Well, that's the beautiful thing. If you're with people who are having their cup overflowed by God, you're, you're going to get some splashed on you yes sir and that's going to be a good thing yes that's sir make you want more hopefully that's right that's right um, when i when i look at this um going back to the the uh the passage that we had read and talking about being valued instead of evaluated 
I was thinking about how I feel when I feel valued and how I feel when I feel evaluated. And, and so often we can get that evaluation and maybe one time it doesn't change my perception of myself. But if I keep hearing that evaluation mm-hmm. of me from people, from different people, mm-hmm. from multiple people, maybe from people that I trust, care about, it starts to feel true. Yes. That evaluation starts to feel like what it is. And I think about, I used to own a house here. Before Bev and I got married, I had a house. And um, I paid um, $83,500 for this house. It had three bedrooms and a garage, had a front yard with grass, you know, had plumbing, had a, a cooler, <laughs> had a heater, all this stuff. You know, it was a house. And I paid, you know, $83,500 for it. That's what it was evaluated at. Before I bought the house, it got appraised by a professional appraiser. Housing market kind of tanked. And at one point, the house was valued, evaluated. They, they said it was worth $50,000. That's $33,500 less. That's more than a quarter of the value mm-hmm. less. And it's the same house. Right. The exact same house. And then the market came up and we sold the house. And then a, a year or so after we sold it, the person who got it sold it. The same house. Same house. $225,000. Yeah. <laughs> same house. Yes. The evaluation was changed and people believed it because it got said enough that that's what it was worth. Mm-hmm. It didn't change. Now, I don't change. Even if people say different things about me and change their opinion, who I am, who God loves, God's favorite person right here, doesn't change because of what other people say. And I have to keep in mind that the real appraiser Mm. of my life is Christ. Yes, yes. And the appraisal that was made was one exact Jesus Christ. Yes, amen to that. For my life. Right. And and that's what my value is. And that's how I want to feel. I I, I felt like that, that, that prostitute where people are looking like, what are you doing? You are the scum of the earth. You are just a, a thing to be had. And I felt that way when I've been asked not to participate in a worship team at my own church. When I've been asked to close my ministry at a church that we were at. When I've been told, no, even though we're doing a ministry day for your ministry that you lead, because it's Sunday, we can't let you be in front of the people. And it doesn't feel good. No, no. It doesn't feel encouraging. It doesn't feel uplifting but I have to keep my eyes focused on what Christ says. And I have to keep my eyes focused on what gets said because there's other people that will tell me different. Uh, A couple of years ago, um, the internet erupted on me and was saying how horrible I was. And I got asked to step down from a lot of things at our church, not because of anything I had done, but because of my past and people's perception of it. And it was just too much of a political hot potato that people didn't want to hang on to. And, mm-hmm. and I, 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 I can't blame people for that or, or feel bad because that's just, I mean, people oftentimes don't want to be part of a controversy. 
but is in the middle of me getting uh, verbally crucified by the internet, a lot of people stepped up and stuck their neck out. Yes. You know, people that yes. you heard on the show, Pastor Heather. Thankfully. She, she, you know, went down in the burning ship with me and said, I'll go. Uh, Pastor Dan said, come up here and speak at my church. Yeah. Um, we'll have you. And um, those are the kind of things that that's when I hear the voice of God. Mm-hmm. The voice of God is not the screaming crowd. It's not the voice of the internet, you know, butchering you from behind anonymity. The voice of God is is love. You know, when you hear God, you will hear love. Well, I would venture to say that so far, two-thirds of what we've talked about here is um, the way other people feel about us, you know, mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And I would just take a moment to turn the tables and realize how much I have spent my life doing the exact same things other people Christians and non-Christians alike. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I'm i wondering what it is, where do we need to put our focus to keep us from doing that? You know, what do we need to look at? What is the, what is the cure for having that kind of outlook on others and using our mouths and our... Um, our gestures and our facial expressions to say, I love you instead of, I find you disgusting. Um, and I, I was just reading in James about taming the tongue and mm. how very different. In fact, I think the Bible is so strong that it uses words like the tongue is impossible to tame, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so when you think about that, okay, impossible, all right, well then what can we do to not accept that impossibility, but say to ourselves, I need to work on this. How do I keep doing better at instead of evaluating and looking at the negative part of people? How do I become one of those people that sees, you know, positive things about others without becoming a pushover or a doormat, you know, to someone else? Right. Does that make yeah. sense? Well, and. You know, we're, we were reminded this week in a message from a visiting speaker that said, you know, the two commandments are that we are to love God and, and love people. And if we're doing that, it, it doesn't say to put them down and, it, you know, put them in a box, evaluate them and, and, and find out where they belong. It just says to love them. And that's what Christ did. Christ didn't say, all right, you're a prostitute. You know what? Let's talk when the other people go away. Kind of embarrassing. You know, I don't, you know, he, he, he allowed her to be a part of his world, his life, his being. And, and he let her be there washing his feet. You, it, it, she wasn't taking a hose and spraying him down. No. She was washing his feet, hands on his feet, physical contact with the Savior of the earth and what people saw as the scum of the earth mm-hmm. right there together and, and that's where we should be yeah it just it really takes so little to engage like um last week's guest was that tammy with uh, the... two weeks ago last okay. week's guest was okay. me okay that's right <laughs> two weeks ago with you know the homeless ministry that she's involved in you know and i remember her talking to us and telling us oh i remember talking to her myself on the phone and she said something to the effect of 
um, there was this lady that she knew that she built a relationship with, and she this other lady was homeless. She took her to have coffee with her, and as they're driving there, um, the homeless lady said to her, am I going to embarrass you in there? Why in the world are you inviting me to go to coffee with you? Yeah. You know, And I'm thinking, what a horrible, horrible thought that, that, that I wouldn't even notice that. I wouldn't even take the time to reach out to somebody and say, why don't you have a coffee with me? Because maybe I would be embarrassed by their appearance or their smell or, or their language or, I don't know, their demeanor or whatever. And that's what Jesus did with that lady. Yeah. that was washing his feet, she, he engaged with her, and all he had to do was just be in her presence and allow her to be in his presence. I mean, the Holy Spirit has way to reaching into people's lives through us because he lives inside of us just to draw them in. Well, and I, all we have to do is give him permission, yeah. just give him leeway. I, I understand that, you know, the feeling of, because I feel like I... People can be embarrassed to be by me. Sure, an outcast, me, yeah. Um, because of what I've done, and we were we were at a graduation party yesterday, and Bev was talking to a person about something, and and she was talking about a second job she had, and and why she had the second job, and, and I'm thinking, wow, Bev had that second job because I was in jail. That's that's why she had mm. the second. She wasn't bored. She didn't just need something to do for the summer. Mm. She was, I was gone, and and I'm thinking, okay, what do I say? Do I do I say that? Do I not say that? Do I leave it alone? And I decide, you know what? No, I'm just going to say it because that's what the the story yeah. was, and and just to put it out there, and, and yeah, that can be embarrassing, and it's embarrassing sometimes for me, but that's it's who I am, it's where I've been, and it's it's part of my story, and it's it's the power of my ministry is that salvation. You, I can't have the salvation without the fall, and I'm not saying I am not saying go out and fall so that you can have salvation and get a great story. No. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is we can take those mistakes that we've made. We don't have to bury them. We don't have to put them in a closet. We don't have to hide them away. Yes. Um, because it's an embarrassment. Uh, I was I was looking on Reddit today, and one of the Reddits that I follow is something called TIL. It's Today I Learned. And someone, you know, put that they had learned that the royal family, uh, the Queen Elizabeth, had two family members that suffered from mental illness. Mm -hmm. And they were officially announced as deceased to the mm -hmm. public. Mm -hmm. And then were hidden away in uh, asylums or homes for the rest of their lives. And we're talking about a period of like 50 years yeah. that the public was told, yeah, these people did because of the embarrassment to the royal family mm -hmm. of having someone who struggled with mental health issues. Yeah. And uh, please, let's not do that to each other. Let's, let's go out and see how we can value the person for the person, knowing that everybody you see right now, everybody in your sight is loved by God the most. Yeah, don't you think, though, that, Paul, um, this is the part that makes it difficult for us to really, really believe with our whole heart that God truly doesn't remember our sin against us because we're reminded often of our sin by other people that love to throw it back on us, to remind us of the sins that we've committed. And I want to remember that because I want to be careful not to do that to somebody. Or of the sins that your family's committed. Right, 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 right. You, know, right. you well, get the you know benefit of being attached to me. Sure, sure. Well, let me tell you something. You were completely worth the second job for me. 
<laughs> and you said it so well because you said right at the beginning of this podcast that you didn't want your past to become a hurdle to you and because it was a lie. You wanted to be able to soar over that in the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that makes me really proud to be a part of your family and be connected with you as your wife is that you have made that decision. And I know you're going to not love this, that I'm saying this on your podcast, but you've made that decision to speak the truth of your life rather than the lies of your life. And I now know after living with you for 27 years that you are, you're holding true to that, that you're being brave enough to stand up and speak the truth, even when it means you might be ostracized. Yeah. You know, well, so thank you. I appreciate that. And, and hopefully that is, that is the case. And, um, and that's why we do this show. Uh, right. That's why we write the books. That's why we do the blog. That's why we go Friday night after right. Friday night after Friday right. night to, to let people know that there's a, a safe place for them to be. Well, you know, I was thinking of the topic when we started. We talked about being valued versus being evaluated. There's something about that word evaluate, especially as an educator for 30 years. Um, The word evaluation to me sort of smacks of negative or punishment or payment for something done. And um, so when I think of that word... um, it automatically comes with baggage to me. Um, and I, I think it isn't fair of me to throw that extra baggage on somebody else's life, especially because I don't really know what they've walked through that day. Sorry about that, folks. We're having a little problem <laughs> with that. Our grandson really wants yeah, to talk to wants us. Wants to video. talk to us, yeah. Anyway, so I just, I just wanted to say that that reminds me when I think of the word evaluated that... Um, that's like a test yeah. to me that I don't want to have to put on somebody else so that they have to answer to me on that. Yeah. And not to put too much stock in people's opinions of me, which means for me, and this is becoming a very long sentence, I have to go to my Bible every day to remind myself, to bolster myself that I really am worthy of God's love because yeah. I have to look back at what he did for me. Yeah. Only because he loved me. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, find someone to give a hug to, you know, let them know that that you love them and and find someone that maybe isn't so lovable. Um, I think of my friend Jared at Starbucks. Uh, There was a a kid who was being kind of picked on and and not being treated well. And um, Jared just stepped, he's like, I'll be his friend. I'll go be that kid's friend. Wow. And he just knew that that kid needed a friend. He just needed someone to love him. Right. And that's the way I would like to be. That's the way I want people to think of me. It's like, okay, yeah. Uh, so go make a friend this week. Find someone who you don't know or maybe someone you don't like. Here's mm-hmm. a challenge for you. And um, just show them some love. Yeah, I'm going um, to give all you people out there a piece of advice. And I guarantee you it will work. You don't get a guarantee very often. But I'm sure in God's economy that this guarantee will stick. And that is... If you have somebody that you call your enemy or you're just not fond of, pray for them specifically and pray for them good things, not the judgment of God to come down on them like fire. 
pray for them and really mean it with your heart. And I guarantee you, your attitude will change toward them because I've found that to be true in my life. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, listen, um, when I presented this topic to you, Bev, you said, I don't know what we're going to talk <laughs> about right now. We are in uh, minute 44. Um, so uh, I think it's time for us to put a bow on this. Probably and, so. Um, Say thank you for listening, folks. Um, we will be back next week with another show. Um, don't forget that we are listener-supported, so uh, go check us out on our Patreon or our text to give. Mum's the word. Text the word mum to 760-WALLS-CA, and uh, that will get you to our text to give site. Send me a text, 760-608-1942. Let me know what's going on in your neck of the woods. And here's a little challenge I want to have you do. Just you know, for my own um, you know, curiosity, when you hear this right now, Text me. Say, I heard it. And that just lets me know when people are listening. And and listen, if you listen to this, I, I was talking to a person today, and this is uh, or, uh, Friday, uh, so May of, of 2022, and they were listening to shows from 2018 still. Oh, wow. So in about four years, that person hopefully is going <laughs> to send me a text and say, now. I just heard it now. Uh, so I just like to know, you know, how people are listening and binging and, and whatnot. As you're traveling, uh, give a listen. Let your uh, your family listen to the show. It's all um, hopefully um, family friendly. Um, so uh, there's there's nothing that's going to scare your kids off. Um, share it with the people you visit with. Uh, if you're uh, traveling on the road and you stop to eat somewhere, tell your server, hey, check out the Mess It Up podcast. Or just write it on the back of your uh, your your bill. Uh, leave a tip if you do. Don't don't <laughs> them and then tell them mess it up podcast. Right. Um, but um, you know, just let's spread the word. Let's get uh, more people uh, a chance to hear the show. Let me know if you've got people who should be on the show, or maybe that person is you, or you just got ideas about the show. Uh, send us an email bowtieguymessituppodcast dot com or hit us with that text. And uh, I don't know if I got anything else, but have you you you're looking uh, wordful. No, nope. I'm good. Okay. I'm so good. Uh, then I guess the only thing to say is. We'll see you next time when we mess it up and stay healthy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up.